I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You big down a bastard! Where'd you get your treat? Jesus Christ! One gamba to you. This is the Dave Duke Podcast. Well, 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 how are things? Are you well? Sure, I'm not so bad myself. It is Dave Duke. It is episode five of the Dave Duke Podcast. And thank you so much for being here once again and for all those five star ratings. And let's get stuck into this. Because a lot has happened since we spoke last. In my life, in your life, in the country's life. Big Joey Biden has been to Ballina and back. I have done a teenage disco. I've been to one of my favourite places in the world. And we also have feedback on me and the drink from last week's episode. But let's start with Joey Biden and Ballina. What a great time to be from Ballina. Doesn't have a lot going for it. It's got huge pennies. Good drink in town. They're, they're a bit rough around the edges in Balna. Don't take that as an insult. Not at all. They are who they are. And I enjoy the company of Balna people. I once almost bought a car from Balna. But it turned out to be a shitbox with a far more miles on the clock than your man was telling me. But I don't hold that against Balna. It's just a memory that I hold dear to my heart of a time an early bought a Volkswagen jet in Balna. DJed there a few times. People are friendly. It was a good time for Balna. Like, it's hard to overstate how big of a deal this was. The 46th president of the United States of America turning up in your wee town in the west of Ireland to give a big speech. There was power washing. There was flowers planted. There was secret service men in scuba diving gear in the water. 
there was American flags printed out by the thousands. The pubs were opened early on the Friday. They didn't close till very, 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 very late on the Friday night, a.k.a. early Saturday morning. And big Joe Biden left a bit of a lasting impression. Sleepy Joe Biden. No harm to Joe Biden now, and I know he is the president and all that. But if you did see him stumbling down the street, you'd be like, where did you come out of? What family has lost you? What residential unit have you escaped from, Joey Biden? But since he is the 46th president of the United States of America, he's given about 500 Secret Service agents. He can get from Schlego to Knock in about three minutes flat. I don't know, is that fair? I thought we're all equal in this world. Seems not. Seems there is special treatment for being the sitting president of the United States of America. What did you make of the fawning over Joe Biden, though? Were you embarrassed by it? Part of you would be. Part of you would cringe at how over-the-top welcoming we were to Joe Biden. But then you look at some of the UK media and how pissed off the Brits were at how sound he is to Ireland that you go, all is forgiven. Let's fawn over him. Let's fall over him. Let's hug him. Let's kiss him. Let's tell him he's a great fella because he keeps pissing off the Brits. And you have the likes of Arlene Foster from the DUP going, Joe Biden hates Great Britain. No, he doesn't. He just hates you, you bollocks. God, I hate the DUP and everything they stand for. The Democratic Unionist Party. Not because, oh, you must be Sinn Féin, Dave. I'd never tell you what political party I'd vote for. Sure, I could be a mad finnegaler for all you know. You've no idea. You've no clue, do you? I just would never vote for the DUP. Ulster says no to absolutely everything. And it's not necessarily that they're bad people. I don't know if I think that. I just know I don't like the DUP. And maybe I need to be educated on their ways. Maybe you're a DUP or yourself. But I just know they're, they're kind of headbangers. DUP, Sammy Wilson, Arlene Foster, what have you. We'll leave the politics aside and we'll talk about sleepy Joe Biden. He didn't spend much time in the UK. He'd done about 17 hours in the north of this country, but of course the DUP and Arlene Foster see that as the United Kingdom, and by him not spending much time in the north which to a nationalist is Ireland anyways, but Ireland Foster is the UK, by him not spending much time in her perceived UK, she thought he hates the UK. But it's just because he doesn't like you, Ireland Foster, and Parliament, aka Stormont in the North, needs to be up and running. But the DUP say no, because Sinn Féin will have the First Minister, and there's no way the DUP could serve under... First Minister, who is Sinn Féin. It's all a bit of a mess. I'm into northern politics a little bit more than you. But big joy, Biden. Good for Ballina. 
but if you found him on the street of Ballina and he wasn't the 46th president of the United States of America, you'd be ringing the guards and you'd be telling them there's a man wandering the streets and he needs help. Perhaps I'm a little bit jealous that I didn't get to go and see Joe Biden in Ballina. Maybe that's why I'm a little bit salty. Maybe that's why I keep calling him Sleepy Joe Biden. Like I'm Donald Trump. Sleepy Joe Biden. Rigged the election. But I had things on. Big jobs on for the boys. After speaking so candidly and honestly last week about my relationship with drink, I went back on it on Saturday night because I was gigging over the weekend. And I was doing a teen disco on Friday night. And they are the most difficult gigs I do. I have played to crowds of thousands at Oxygen in 2013. I've played to Manny's 100 last year. Crowds ranging from 200 to 500 to 800 to 1,000 people one night. Simple. Playing to a teenage disco is a different level of difficulty. I don't know what the fuck they want. Because they don't know what the fuck they want. If you're playing for adults... No matter how bad of a tune you play or how out of step you get, they'll just kind of mope about. They might be kicking arms and legs going wee wee mental. But adults, no matter how bad a tune you play, they'll kind of groove themselves out gradually. They'll make their way to the bar, they'll go for a cigarette. They'll go talk to someone. It's a gradual bleed off the dance floor. They don't tend to evacuate immediately. With the teen discos, if you get one song wrong, they will not gradually leave the dance floor. They'll sprint off that bastard. They will turn dead and look you in the eyes and say without saying a word what he at playing that song they will stop and stare at the DJ to tell the DJ we do not approve of this song and they'll leave the dance floor oh it's so di- I'm getting post-traumatic stress again thinking about how difficult teenage discos are to do if the room is absolutely wedged say you're in a capacity venue that holds 800 people and there's 800 teenagers there and you're DJing for them and they've nowhere to go of course that's going to be a lot easier but let's talk about doing a venue that is half full of teenagers and there is room for them to walk about and liaise it's terrifying because one wrong song and they'll fuck off And now you might be thinking, Jesus, I wonder what he plays at a teenage disco. It's not what you think. Everyone thinks, oh, it's probably the TikTok stuff. 
It's probably super up to date. Everything that's in the top 40 charts at the minute. You couldn't be more wrong. I swear on my life, and I've done this experiment several times over the past year, I have played the number one song in the world to a room full of teenagers and they have left the dance floor. They have sprinted off it. They haven't walked off it. They've sprinted off it. Miley Cyrus Flowers, arguably one of the biggest songs of the last 10 years, has cleared every single fucking dance floor I've played it to at a teenage disco. They have taken that as their cue to fuck off and leave the DJ looking like a bollocks. Every teenage disco that I've played Cotton Eye Joe to, the place has erupted with joy. I do not understand ye. Why? Why do you not like the biggest song in the world right now? And why are you stone mad about Cotton Eye Joe? They are infuriating gigs to do. But I enjoyed the challenge. I suppose it makes me a better DJ. They're definitely the most exhausting to do. There's no tiresome like it. After doing three hours wondering, what do these teenagers like? And you can go from hip-hop to R&B to pop to country music to cheese to techno. They, they, they take it all. There's no, there's no one genre one night. There's not even one genre ten minutes at a time. I'd love for you to see a teenage disco in action. But I would also never allow you to see a teenage disco in action. You pedo. (laughs) I joke. I joke. I'm joking. Why are you so offended? Why are you so offended? I might give you a playlist of uh, what I play at these teenage discos. They're hard work. They're so hard work. I'm not asking you to have sympathy. I'm just trying to give you a general gist of why I didn't get to go to Biden on Friday night. I was too busy second-guessing what am I going to play next at a teenage disco. And I'll do it again, and I'll do it again, and I'll do it again, and it'll make me a better DJ. Won't it? It will. That was Friday night. Saturday night then, after having a big spiel in last week's podcast about not going on the beer... I went on the bear. And this time I'd done it in one of my favourite places in the world, Downings County Donegal. Oh my God. I love Downings. Downings is in North, North, North Donegal. It's its own peninsula. You go through Letterkenny and then you keep going for about 30, 35 minutes over Loch Salt the main water supply to Letterkenny. And then you go into a place called Glen Village and then you come near towards Carrigart and you turn off left and you end up in Downings. Downings is a Gaeltacht region. It's completely out on its own. It's renowned for Rossapenna Golf Course. It's a Lynx golf course. It's quite famous in golfing circles. The likes of Jamie Dornan goes there and plays a bit. 
fallen northerners with holiday homes, caravans, mobile homes, millionaires' homes. It's a holiday destination. It's like Port Rush. It's like Bundorn, Carlingford to an extent. I'm not sure, does, does Galway have a venue like this? Dublin? It's a holiday resort. It's basically absolutely bustling for Easter, for June, July, August and some of September. And then it is dead for the winter. And then life starts to kick in again. Of course, the locals stay there. But I love going to DJ there. I love going to play there. I love going to have a drink there. Funny story about how I actually ended up in Downing's originally. The fellow who books me from the Downing's Bay Hotel, Andy, sent me a message on Twitter about six, seven years ago asking my availability to DJ in Downing's. And I, I genuinely had never heard anyone ever say Downing's in my life. And I put it up on Twitter and I said, hey, has anyone ever heard of Downing's? And the one fellow that responded said, yeah, it's a shithole. But I thought he was a bollocks. So I went to Downing's to go DJ. And I went there on the August bank holiday weekend. And imagine driving through the wilderness. Forever and ever and ever and ever, amen. Just blank is all you see. Blank and hills and bumps. Blank and hills and bumps. Blank and hills and bumps. That's all you that's all there was. Nothing. It was like I was travelling to the end of civilization. Didn't know where I was going, apart from Downings, and could see nothing around me. Until I came into this little village, this little town, this little peninsula in North Donegal, and the streets were thronged with people. It was festival weekend in Downings, and the place was electric. I had to inch at half a mile an hour through the street of Downings with my car because there was that many people. And I played, at the time, the best gig of my life. And I said, this place, Downings, is for me. And I've never stopped going back to it. And I have convinced friends to come. I've convinced strangers to come. Last year, we booked a house for the entire week and we stayed in Downings and we drank the bag out of it. And others fell in love that year. But after last week's podcast about talking about my relationship with the drink, I met someone for a few drinks and then I kept drinking and I was quite hungover on Sunday. I had a great gig, by the way. And... I've been laughing at the irony of talking last week about cutting down on the drink and then being a nervous wreck full of anxiety since that because it went on the drink on Saturday. But I really enjoyed myself. And that is the 50-50. That is the problem. The joys that I get from drinking and having the crack versus the subsequent anxiety, depression, sickness that comes with it so that has been my week since we spoke last really interesting feedback on the alcohol 
talk that we had, me and the drink, you and the drink, we're all going drinking together. And I looked forward at the calendar of what's ahead and there's no slowing down. So there's the May bank holiday coming up and then I'm gigging in May and sure then we're into June and it's summer and it's the June bank holiday and Harry Styles is on the 10th of June and C-Sessions Music Festival is on in the middle of June in Mundorn. Oh, I just want a chance. Bring back lockdown, I say. Bring back lockdown. Give us COVID 2023. That a man can be locked down and that he's not expected to drink. Everyone was like, oh, I'm drinking so much in the house. I didn't drink at all during COVID. I was at the healthiest and least anxious in my life during lockdown. And now I'm a bundle of nerves who drinks too much, who can't stop having the dark thoughts. Not that dark, but just dark thoughts. Just thinking about life and existing. It's scary stuff. So what I'm saying to you is I'd love a chance at lockdown 2.0. Lock me down to fuck me on Martin so I don't have a drink. I also have a confession to make. And that is, this podcast you're listening to right now is not the first one I recorded for this week's podcast. I have attempted and failed, but have recorded about 45 minutes of material on the fact that I, once upon a time, tried to run a music festival in Glen Aid in County Leitrim. And it happened in 2012 and I just sat down and I just started speaking about the experiences of running this music festival. But so many things have come back into my head that I was stopping and starting and leaving bits of stories out and then going too far into other angles. So... The confession is that this isn't the first podcast that I released or recorded for this week. But the good news is, is that what you have to look forward to is Fire Festival Ireland edition. How me and a friend could have ran Ireland's Fire Festival. Now, if if you don't know what Fire Festival is and that reference is lost in you, I'm a little bit surprised, but if not... Quick recap, in 2017, April of 2017, there was a festival in the Bahamas. And this festival was sold by the likes of Emily Ratajkowski and Bella Hadid and one of the Kardashians, I believe, as this exclusive, beautiful music festival ran on an island once owned by Pablo Escobar. That turned out to be complete and utter bollocks. And what Fire Festival turned into was a disaster. People had paid thousands of euro for a ticket that included meals, luxurious accommodation, wonderful acts. What they received was pre-packaged sandwiches and tents that are held and used in disasters. So if there's a massive tornado in the US and a state is basically wiped out, this aid organisation will come in and set up these tents 
as temporary shelter and they were being used as, in inverted commas, luxurious accommodation for a fire festival. There was a Netflix documentary about it. There's been multiple memes about it. It was an unmitigated shit show. And when people watch that documentary, maybe you're one of them, many laughs were had. But I watched it and I nearly shit myself thinking, this could have been me. In 2012, we tried to run a music festival in Leitrim and we ended up tied up in courts with guards, with fire marshals, with businessmen, with pissed off neighbours. We narrowly averted complete and utter disaster. But it's something that we paid for with reputational damage and money damage for years. So I'd like to tell you in future episodes when I get my shit together and I get it plotted out the running of Ireland's Fire Fest. Potentially. If you haven't seen Fire Festival the documentary my God is well worth the watch. Like your jaw will be swinging open and not from Class A drugs just from the shock that how far this had come. Firefest. I'm just making sure that it is still on Netflix for you. Yeah, 2019. Watch now. Yeah, it should still be there. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant documentary. To questions. Carmel says, Loved the interaction with the Leithram lads in New York. Would you do more of that stuff? Yes, Carmel. One of the plans... I know I'm telling you about a lot of plans today and you're not hearing much action today but sometimes action is telling plans. Carmel, the plan is eventually that I go out on the streets and I do what's called vox popping. Vox pop. Voxili populi which apparently is Latin for voice of the people. So maybe on a night out bring a microphone, stick it in people's faces and go, do you want to tell me something? And we could get some great material out of that. Be a bit of crack. It's something I haven't done enough of in radio over the last few years. I've got people to do it on the show or we get reports from rag weeks or different events. But it would be cool to go out on the street myself and talk to drunk people and real people about their real opinions. Kira asks, when you got locked out of the hotel. Now we're going back to episode two, I believe. Cabin hotels nearly kill me. Quick recap. Got pissed at a wedding, locked myself out of the hotel, sleepwalking, in my boxers, disaster. When you got locked out of the hotel and slept in the cupboard, where did your girlfriend think you were? Kira, that's a very good question. She probably didn't think about where I was because it was a family wedding and she was on the piss and she was having the crack and I'd say I was the least of her concerns at that current moment in time. In theory... I would have told her that I was going to bed because I was wrecked. So she probably thought I was in bed, but didn't realise that I was sleeping in the hallway of the hotel in my boxers. So hopefully that answers your question. Podrick asks, how's Dave keeping? I hope that answers your question. If you've got this far in the podcast and you don't know how Dave's keeping, then Podrick, you need to go back and start again. That is all for now. I will 
update you as soon as I get my thoughts together on running a music festival that could have killed so many people. And I will have more crack for you this day, week. Once again, your feedback has been immense. Really pleased with how the Dave Duke podcast is going. It is exceeding all expectations that I've had. And I would appreciate that you keep giving it five stars on Spotify and follow and like and all that crack and tell a mate. I can really see it. The interactions and the different places that it's reaching. So it's been really cool. Let's keep it going. From me, Dave Duke, to you. Thank you so much for listening. Take it, Savage Handy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.